Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your hosts, Dave Gurney. I am here with Carlos Cooper and Joe Hilliard. And we are here to do what we do best, and that is talk beer and talk movies and not do improv. We figured out that yeah. improv is not our thing, so we're going to stay away from that. But um, That happened off mic, and you will never know of it. <laughs> we'll never be spoken of again. But, uh, but Carlos is getting his beer open already, and I see Joe's getting his prepared. Can you tell us a little something about what we're drinking, Carlos? My goodness, it is pouring beautifully. Um, I'm pouring it right now, so it makes it really hard to read the can art, I would say. Um, ooh, that last bit is thick. This is uh, us getting to revisit a brewery that we had not that long ago. Yeah. Episode 112. 112, right. when we had the Fluffer, <laughs> Guffer, <laughs> Nuttigus. Um, <laughs> it was Friday? Yes. Yes. Um, ties ooh. in very well with our uh, improv that we'll never speak of again. Um, yeah, so White Elm Brewing, they're out of Alaska, right? No, Nebraska. Nebraska. Uh, I was close. <laughs> it's called the Pulpagogo, and it is um, a smoothie sour. You know, we love those smoothie sours uh, with blueberry, blackberry, graham cracker, and vanilla. Mm-mm-mm. It's a lot of beautiful words. It is a light four percent yeah um, <laughs> when you're putting that much goop in the can yeah you, you know the alcohol is gonna get uh and the pour is all down. goop yeah, yeah. It, that was a, a thick thick pour it looks like you're pouring out a red velvet cake yeah this is definitely one of those uh it, it wasn't that oh long my. that long the, ago yeah just the the body i'm just getting the whiff yeah. um whew. It's very thick. Um, that is different. Um, I, I recall that we enjoyed that fluffer nuttergus. Yeah. And so it's always fun to go back. It see is. If, if the brewery can dazzle us two times in a row. It is. Um, and and I know based on some of the commentary we've gotten on uh, on some social media posts when we have shared about some of these you know uh, thicker smoothie sour beers that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a debate out in the beer world these days. Do these count as beers? Well, are, are, we did this we before, though, beers? with the hazy IPAs. Everyone was like, is this a real IPA? And <laughs> every time someone does something new with a beer, it's always, this, this is, mm, I don't know, it doesn't meet the German purity laws. This is a real <laughs> beer. But I've got my own prejudices because I, the pickle beer craze just went completely around my head. Like to me, that's just silly. But you pour something like this, and I'm like, that ain't silly at all. Because it, well, because this takes, might mean some business. The pickle yeah. beer is like, I mean, you're pro- you're a sociopath if you drink it a whole can of it by, without anything else. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking at you, Jeremy, uh, drinking those <laughs> hell yeahs, uh, unironically. Uh, great in a michelada, like it's something that has its place, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you're never gonna just drink a some triple sec on the rocks or something mm. like that. You know, it goes in another, it goes in a cocktail, you know, right. it's an ingredient to something larger. I think that's like a pickle beer is a valid beer for that reason. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to sit down and pound a six pack of them, but no. also I'm not the kind of person that goes to a movie theater and gets the big fat hog of a pickle and just sits there chomping on no, it. No, but the you theater. hope that you sit next to that person. <laughs> I hate that person. <laughs> 
I, it's disgusting. I hate it. I hate the smell of it. I hate the sounds that it makes. It is not an acceptable movie theater snack <laughs> you by know, I, any I, stretch I, of the imagination. That's funny. I don't even think I've ever... I mean, I, I know what you're talking about when I've seen the concession stand and that a pickle is an option. Yeah. I can't remember ever seeing anybody actually holding one or eating one yeah, in a movie theater. It happens. It happens. Yeah, no, this is South Texas, baby. <laughs> well, I can't wait for us to discuss this one and see if, uh, how the thickness pays off. Yeah, um, our movie this week up. is one that I know I was excited about back uh, pre-COVID when we did our very naive and hilarious <laughs> looking forward to watching this in 2020 list. <laughs> I need to go back and listen I think to half that. of those movies have not come out and may not come out in 2021 yeah no um but it was on the rocks because i'm a huge sophia coppola fan and i look forward to hearing y'all's thoughts on her work so anytime anytime she puts something new out i'm kind of there she's one of those filmmakers i'm following i'm sorry you went and saw bling ring in the theater well when i say i'm there i'm gonna catch it at its earliest availability when it makes sense to my life okay in covid you know that's gonna be straight to apple tv so that we can all watch it uh, and it's available now Apple um, TV Blue. Yeah, correct, of course. You gotta pay for that. Um Rashida Jones, who most people know best in, from the office, is married to Marlon Wayans, and they are kind of relatively young couple. They got a couple of young kids. And she is a writer who is not having much success at doing that while he is a young up-and-coming go-getter in some kind of firm that was doing... <laughs> they have an app. I, I mean, that's yeah. kind of like the go-to-technology firm. Anytime you have a young person working for some kind of startup company, it's, they're working on an app. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. She gets I, some. She she's. I would say she's best known for Parks and Rec. But what did I say? Got, office. What did I say? I mean, she was in the Office first. In the Office. We. She was Jim's girlfriend that Pam was jealous of. Yeah. And then she. And then she leaves. She, yeah, she was she in Parks and Rec. Left that to Parks and Rec. The, right. Most of the time. You're probably correct. Oh. Um, but she gets some weird vibes that her husband might be doing a little stepping out, which is not helped by the fact that Bill Murray is her father, mm-hmm. a rich. Bored, chauvinist. Yeah, uh, 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 art dealer. I think. Yeah. And he convinces her that they should tail the husband, do some, you know, Chinatown style uh, photographic, you know, long long lens photos from across the office, and find out if he's cheating on her, which leads to some kind of dis- like sad hijinks, and then. Uh, <laughs> Sad jinx. Everyone discovering how they need to heal from in all of their relationships at the end of the movie. On the rocks. On the rocks. 2020. I had such a fucking problem with the vagueness of Marlon Wayans' uh, job. It annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah. Especially when he, especially when they wrote dialogue for him to talk about it specifically. And uh-huh. he's like, oh yeah, we're killing it. We're killing it. We got it. this many new followers. Our ROIs are crazy. And it's just yeah. all this buzzwordy it, shit. It, it, yeah. it is shit dialogue. Oh. That, it is so fucking poorly written that I Or intentionally am, written that he be vapid. <sighs> It, if that's the intention, it does not work at all. It I get that like there. If you're trying to show him be vapid and you don't want to get into specifics about what exactly it is that he does, don't use specific terms. That's it's fucking terrible, like student film level writing, mm. and it drove me up the fucking wall yeah. every time that it happened. And the thing that sparks this entire conflict in the film is he comes home. It's late at night. He's getting back from a business trip. Yeah. He gets into bed, immediately starts like making out with his unconscious wife. 
who then wakes up and is like, oh, hey, like, what's going on? And then as soon as she talks, he immediately gets disinterested, rolls over and falls asleep. Yeah. That is a moment that is never actually dealt with in this film. And that also pisses me off. There were a lot of cues that he was cheating. So yeah. many. Yeah. And they end up not, if we're a spoiler podcast, they end up not paying off. Yeah. And, and not in a way where if you went back and watched it, you would be like, oh... I know this seemed this way, but really this is what was happening. Not at all. There were a bunch of cues that he was cheating to make the audience believe he was cheating, and then they turned it around at the end to where he wasn't, which then makes everything in the beginning not make any sense at all. He was very nervous when she got on his phone. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. you know, I mean like Which I am it's I'm telegraphing like, to the audience that she's on to something. I'm I'm like that. Like I'm very much like that. I oh, yeah? don't like Kylie to look at my phone. Hmm. Um I what are you hiding? See that see that's the thing is I I'm not I'm not hiding I'm not hiding anything and like if she really like needs to if her phone is dead or something she right. really needs to I'll I'll give it to her and let her do whatever but the longer she's on I'm like what are you doing like it, just cuz I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable. It always has. Sure, it feels uh, like a personal space. Yeah, yeah, and, I get it, it. and it's yeah. It's not. I mean, there have been times in the past where somebody has looked at my phone and like right. tried and like it was like, oh, who are you texting? You're texting this. Why'd you say that? You know, stuff yeah. like that. And it wasn't ever significant. Well, listen, just, like, w- wives are replaceable. Phones. That's <laughs> that relationship is forever. It's forever. How that shit's so, all set up. Despite the yeah. fact that in a year I'll get the new model, of course, because well, the no, but it'll pour all over. I mean, it'll, just, you're right. I, you're I'm right. gonna bring that brain over to the new device, and it's just gonna carry with me. No. That's that's one that I can go with. That he was being weird about it. Yeah. And but it's telegraphed. I mean, well, it's all. The, it's I all mean, I think exposition. I worst. thought what you were gonna say was that's never happened to anybody anywhere. Because that's what I was thinking. The scene didn't even make sense to me as if he was cheating on her. Because who just gets into bed and starts making out, and then the second your wife wakes up, like you're shocked and so, like. Well, the idea would he, be that he what he thought he was Fiona. with the mistress, even yeah. though he had just walked into his own house. Wasn't he drunk well, he, or something? No, he took a Xanax on the plane. Right, it was so, explained. Like, okay, I guess I I haven't dealt with those sleep drugs, so I don't know. But it was odd to her, his wife, into. that he yeah. was acting in a very different. Well, it was odd to me, the viewer, that way. this was happening. Yeah, <laughs> also, <laughs> it, it was the thing that got the ball rolling for her suspicion. Yeah, no, yeah. I get, I get it. I Which, get it. like, but, but I. I agree with with what you're saying. It, she should have brought it up to him, and ha- and it, he should have directly addressed what happened. There sure, for it to yeah, make any if that sense. thing and happened, they should have had it out. More. Also, this file this under films that would be a fifth of the length if the characters just talked to each other. Right, and, there is some threes company in this, and thing. so this like this fa- falls under a. And I I know I sound like I like I didn't like this film. Mm-hmm. Which I I didn't not like it, but I didn't like love it either. But this fall, this falls under a type of film where the answer to like the quandary or the idea being explored is so simple and so easy and so ridiculous that like two grown people are even engaging in this type of behavior that I am very uninterested in it. Like mm. I don't 
care about characters that are unwilling to do the very obvious thing to solve their problems. You know, mm-hmm. I'm interested in characters that are making the right decisions and still being met with hardship or conflict yeah. or obstacles. And, like, and then are we, we are to believe that the cosmetic case that was left, that was put into the suitcase, that that actually that happened exactly just, as it was explained. Yeah, which is fucking stupid. Too. Yeah, that, that, see, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that being said, Rashida Jones gives like a very believable performance. Mm-hmm. I think she's good in it. I think Bill Murray, despite being a somewhat repulsive human being is very good in this movie i mean he's good we have at, reached, he's good at the character i was gonna we have reached a point where he's just being bill murray okay and, there okay then then let me step in here please um because i don't think this is a good bill murray performance and yeah. i don't think it's a good rashida jones performance I thought this film was about the worst thing i've watched all year Whoa. i mean wow carlos and what I day is it? I feel love, more I feel more comfortable oh, now saying that I didn't really enjoy it. I because... love Sofia Coppola. Yeah. I've I've loved some of her past films. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about another film of hers in the second half that I'll have much more positive things to say about. In fact, I was shocked at how disinterested in this film I was almost from the first frame. Yeah. It has none of the visual style that I associate with her. And on top of that, wooden dead performances coming from these performers who i have seen in material do delivering material in much better ways like bill murray is like a facsimile of a bill murray character in this he's a caricature of himself yeah and and in the most uninteresting ways possible um rashida jones i think is fine but she's just the plain jane like that character has no depth to it there's nothing it's struggling writer with husband who might be cheating yeah go i mean but I, that's jenny I, slate yeah I jenny mean, those, slate those are some of the funnier moments the little, yeah, just little. watching her like listening her prattle on about her cut-ins you know, yeah. i thought like, those were funny i thought those were fine i thought those were the best those were my favorite parts of the movie that but was the that part. didn't go anywhere i thought no. okay she's gonna get involved in the hijinks no. somehow no no we're just gonna have a couple scenes vi- in the hallways at the school yeah. right it'll be funny or I, a juxtaposition so, of her succeeding when which she our main character is failing she then fails and then the main character succeeds. that's just showing what is that showing it's showing that her peripheral like friend group is identified as just these naggy yeah yeah y'all are making me like the movie film. even worse i uh, i i mean there was potential here yeah. i'm not you know i i think like the basic concept well, of, sophia coppola and bill murray together again i mean that alone is a mountain of, of potential yeah we want to see that sure yeah i mean i thought a very murray christmas was was fine <laughs> i like that no, i mean it was no, fine it was, it was kind of fun yeah it, it, wasn't great, but, <laughs> but it, it was didn't kind leave of fun. me thinking like, ooh, 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 well, no, I was speaking, get back I, in there. I, I ooh, was speaking ooh, more ooh. largely of Lost in Translation. Okay, well, that was the thing they did 20 years ago. I'm thinking about the thing they did just a couple that yeah. didn't really yeah. knock my socks so off. So you said the thing about the visual stylings. I, I, I'm so glad that David doesn't like this movie. Uh, <laughs> you feel much more comfortable now? That, and I just like, uh, it just so rarely happens that David isn't like, isn't able <laughs> well, to find and, something. And I thought for sure. On the rocks the funny, is a unicorn. Yeah. The funny thing was, I went and like checked because I I hadn't looked at reviews. Yeah. I watched it. And after it was done, I'm like, okay, I'm looking this up. I can't wait to see the 30%. 80% on Rotten. Everybody loves this thing. Yeah. This movie. But then you read the actual reviews, and I'm not going to quote from them, Joe. Don't worry. But <laughs> told this, me back. the general synopsis is... Yeah, this is a pretty good film with pretty good performance. Well, you know, it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> those are the review, like almost word for word. That gets you a green. <laughs> but but those people gave it enough stars to constitute a positive review. Yes, on, in right. The they're they're like two and a half, three star reviews yeah. that all get ranked as positive, as positive. Yeah. So then it becomes I'm, I'm certified the, fresh. But 
before you answer, I wanted to bring up what David said about the uh, the visuals. It didn't have like the classic right. Sofia Coppola visuals, but it tried to. Like there were moments, yeah. especially the moments where they're sitting at that table in the little booth thing next to each other, and mm-hmm. the way that it's framed, you could tell Sofia Coppola was like, "I'm doing a Sofia Coppola thing here." Yeah, uh, but it, she's she's doing a bad impression of herself yeah visually it's like you can see the moments where she's trying to recapture some of that magic of her early mid-career yeah that made her somebody to look at yeah and like a you know brand name director to a certain degree um not that Coppola wasn't already a brand name, but it's neither here nor there. We won't right. get into She's, that. She has established herself as a distinct filmmaker, yeah. storyteller, apart but, from her dad. But yeah, it helped. But yes. you could see her trying to do those things that worked for her in the past, and every time it felt like a bad impression. Yeah. And it didn't. none of it worked. We're going to talk about one... Except the music. The music's good. We're going to talk about music one of good. Sophia Coppola's, I think, great films in a little while. And through her career, I've enjoyed the cinema of her career, I suppose. The idea that this is a filmmaker who, whenever I watch every single thing she's ever done, you're going to see a bit of her in it, these pieces of style that flow Mm -hmm. through. And I think that uh, artists can be handicapped by that. And maybe she was in this one. I didn't dislike it as much as David did. I didn't like Bill. I didn't dislike Bill Murray's performance as much as I, I think it sounds like David did. And Carlos, maybe you too. I enjoyed no, I would, him I'm, I'm relishing the nonsense of the character, a rich guy who's clearly bored and I just think, has the funds. To, I think Bill Murray firing on all cylinders would have had that character a hundred percent more charming than it came off to me. Sure, I, I. I I will say this movie has a level of charm that that weaves through it that I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. I liked some of the music cues, the the car chase I thought was great, and that I was like where the, Bill I Murray like could just chase. be silly and fun. Mm-hmm. But I think the weakest link of the film is Rashida Jones, who it's very difficult to say that about because you just kind of want to like this person. She's likable in everything that she does. I Love You Man uh, leaps to mind, a movie that I like very much that I also find her to be the, wink, the weak link of. Hmm. Something about her that doesn't hit with me outside of the television work that she's done, which I think is great. I don't think... Imagine Scarlett Johansson in this character. I wouldn't have liked that. Imagine uh, someone that could take the the subtleness she, she of has, it, the subtlety of it. The one thing that I would say that Scarlett Johansson has going deliver. for her, she has like a. And I'm going back to Lost in Translation again. Sulking broodingness yeah. to her that would have played a lot better for this kind of character. I agree with then that. Rashida Jones, there's just something too, like even when she's sad, she's kind of. Too, it was the, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. too much for. Her, I mean, she. I, I mean, she wasn't given much to work with. The whole like, I'm having writer's block. Like, come on, is there anything more trite and played out as far as like? I mean, that's something that I would have written as a freshman in college. You know, mm-hmm. I, this. I mean, really, at the end of the day, this just boils down to like fucking amateur level student <laughs> filmmaking level. I, I hate to say it, but student I, filmmaking I, I wanna, level writing and directing. I'm kind of surprised. I want to agree with you more than I want to. I. I, I gr- let me you say agree that again. I agree with you more than I want to agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I, I, I just, really wanted this to be a, a bright spot at this point in t- 2020. Yeah. Uh, well, something it, small we can take a bite out of. And that it, is something it wasn't that occurred that. to me. Like, I wondered, because I was trying to do the, the autopsy. I'm like, what went wrong here? Like, why am I saying... Because I don't think it's a terrible movie. Right. I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's just a movie that I don't care about that much. Right. Which is worse. Like, Gigli is a terrible movie, but it's a movie that I find 
at least some value in because it's such a perfect example of literally everything going wrong. This is a misfire. I mean, you get Christopher Walken and given giving an insane performance. You get Al Pacino and giving an insane performance. You get mm-hmm. this these crazy lines of dialogue like turkey turkey gobble gobble and Ben Affleck <laughs> psyching himself up in the mirror and like all of these things that at the moment in I time can't that contribute that movie, to this conversation one bit. That that movie <laughs> did I even see it? The the period of time that that movie came out and all of these things were supposed to work. They were supposed to be the perfect pieces On to paper. fit together to make this thing and it is just a total utter failure and a ridiculous collapse of a project Mm -hmm. and at least in that case at least in that case there's something interesting like you're watching all of this all of these things go completely wrong and like in a hilarious way in this one it's just so meh that the fact that I mean, I watched it Saturday afternoon. The fact that I remember anything about it today, two days later, is a fucking miracle. Like, it was just so forgettable. <laughs> and I'm surprised that Sophia... it wasn't just immediately wiped from my brain. And it's not Sophia Coppola's, like, also film with mixed, with, with missed expectations. It's not. I mean, if you yeah. look at her whole career, you can see stylistic throughput. You can see a voice. This one is is a low when they do kind of go up and down a little yeah. bit. And I think I think another reason why it's such a Her next will be great, Carlos. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I think another reason why it's such a huge miss is that, you know, forget like, you know, performances not being mm-hmm. up to par, forget like maybe the writing not being up to par, forget the lack of a distinct visual stamp. The core of this project, the very basis of what it is is not an interesting topic. It is not an interesting story. It's not interesting to watch two fully grown adults have marital problems and explore how those problems can worsen due to them being completely incapable. Of Especially when to each they other. understate the comedy. If, it, if if Bill Murray had been total screwball, yeah. he, he was a well, little bit. And you know, I think that's that felt like the direction. That, I think for Sofia Coppola, in her mind, this is a screwball comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and it, no, I mean, no, I get when it. I read the reviews, the, car. The, the people refer to screwball, co- and it has the yeah. makings of a screwball comedy. And yes, the car chase is probably as close as we get to actual screwball comedy. When he's, comedy. When he's coaxing the car that's going to yeah, die any moment. And I love that part. I love yeah. it. The scene where he talks his way out of getting a ticket and stuff. It's on the nose to a degree. It's on the nose, but it's kind of entertaining well, to watch. Sure. Again, that whole car sequence is probably the best piece of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even that, though, it, it wears it thin when you have this guy who just magically knows everybody in the city right. and knows, like, every name. I mean... But that's the theme of the film for his character yeah. is it, it must be great to be you because I wouldn't have it yeah. any other way. Right. There were little bits of that fun, fun dialogue right. that I enjoyed right. very I think, much. Again, if, if you would... I also Maybe like Bill Murray's style. The material had been there, um, and the situations had been provided, and Bill Murray had had to bring more yeah. of an A game to it. Yeah. I think it could have been a wonderful right. light screwball comedy. Yeah, they, they hadn't put but, enough meat on the skeleton. But it before feels like, well, it feels like she wanted it to have the drama still, yeah. and tried to find somewhere in the middle between madcap screwball and like relationship drama, mm-hmm. and ended up with something meh. And ended up with something that just didn't yeah. really do either very well. I think we're all in agreement. But what about <laughs> this pulp and go though? Wow, this is. I mean, I did not. I thought I was going to have to at least hear one <coughs> well, one defender of this film. But I'm. I can't defend this movie. I, I, I can't defend. I, 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 by any and on any level, in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. I. 
the best that I can do is it wasn't that bad. Yeah. All right. But it was kind of that bad. <laughs> so. Well, you know. the, the pulp of go-go. <laughs> this, this right here, referring back to our intro, is a shining example of washing the terrible taste of failure from our mouths mm. is what's happening. Oh, you're coming out strong. I mean, this isn't my favorite beer that I've ever had. No. But it's tasty. Oh, it's damn good. It's if you're a beer enthusiast. Much better than the film. You want to drink one of these before you go. I mean, this the from the pour, the pour mm-hmm. was fascinating on this. It's mm-hmm. thick as I mean, if, especially if you poured it in light and could watch what was coming out of the can. <laughs> it almost was a little unappetizing. I mean, like, this, uh, this is not... Then Carlos goes into how people say this isn't even beer. I might... Agree with David. Them. Actually, when I'm I, watching, I brought that up. But yes, when I'm yeah. watching that thing pour, no, I but understand. then you take that first sip, and we did a bunch of sours recently. This is not the most sour thing we've ever had. No. This is cloaked in sweetness, almost kind of killing the sour out of it. But the texture, the viscosity, the mouthfeel, the color to the taste. Yeah. Uh, I, the only thing wrong with this is it's only four percent. It's a smoothie sour. I yeah, mean, it, it is what it advertises itself as. That's two and in a row for again, White Elm. For, for folks who just do not like this this stylistic variation, stay away. Yeah, you, but you, anybody you wouldn't have had it anyway. Who, I mean, geez, I would even see if, say if you have friends who aren't beer drinkers but do like smoothies, yeah, they could give this a try. If you're at a party and you pour this, you're going to attract a crowd. Yeah. Do either one of you remember anything about the film The Beguiled? I do. I that's the one out of her filmography that I haven't seen. I went I, and saw it in the theater, and I completely even forgot it existed until I went. I was I was on the on the rocks page, and I clicked on Sofia Coppola, so that mm-hmm. I could then go to the next films page for mm-hmm. what we're doing in the second half. And I was like, oh, I, w- I want to look through her filmography, and I saw The Beguiled, and I was like, that sounds so familiar. Clicked on it, saw the poster, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, I, yeah, I, I saw, saw this movie. Uh-huh. And I know I've seen it, and I couldn't tell you anything about it right I now. Couldn't well, I can't tell a, you anything. It's a remake, I think, isn't it? It's definitely an adaptation of of a novel. I think. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it. Oh yeah, it's a the second film adaptation. It's the second film ad, adaptation following Don Siegel's nineteen seventy one film of the same name. Right. Ah oh, man, I don't remember anything about this movie. Other than the fact that it felt like two and a half hours long, despite being only 94 minutes. One thing I'll give Sofia Coppola credit for, and this is something that I love about her, is she is a very concise filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Very economical. She lives in the 90 minutes uh, range for the most part. And, you know... like Like a good writer, she's able to say what she needs to say and, you know... The a, a short period of time, and when it works, it really works. And when it doesn't work, what'd you think of the beer, Mister Short Attention Span? And when it doesn't work, it uh, <laughs> at least you didn't waste too much time on it. Yeah. I, I said that. I mean, I liked it. I think it's great. Um, it's not my favorite beer that I've ever had, as I said. Um, but it's definitely good. It's interesting um, with the dark fruit, you know, because yeah. it's, it's blackberry and blueberry. Um, also, the graham cracker. Um, Don't forget that, the vanilla, David. And don't forget the vanilla, right? Yeah, it, it it does have like a little bit of a an earthier quality than other smoothie sours, but that comes with the territory, mm-hmm. I think, of the fruit that they've incorporated, yeah. and probably the graham cracker as well. Um, no, I mean it's it's a really interesting uh, combination of flavors. Worked well for me. 
I want to say this one more time because I love it. Because you mentioned it two or three hours ago. It hits you in the jaw hinge. Is that the, the, the phrase hinge, you yeah. used? This jaw. is not a jaw hinge hitter it's because not. they cloak that sour with mm-hmm. all of that fruit. Also, I can't put, I'm totally meant to start off the episode this way, but guys, I'm so sorry for making you drink two stouts last episode that we had to go right we had to go right back to the south that was david's problem not mine that's right yeah i didn't mean it guys i really didn't it sounds like we're not going to have a stout in the second half i'm I'm eager to dive into the next film no we are not we are going to um for the second episode in a row we're gonna fucking deal with james woods that's right (laughs) we can't quit him can't quit him when we return. Back! <laughs> Had to come in hot. That's for this right. One. That's right. And we are. Gonna get our glasses filled just as quickly as we can because we do not want to. We don't want to take any longer to get oh, to this fuck. second half than we need to, um, just to wash the terrible taste of that first out of our mouths. Uh, even terrible more taste. Come on. That's yeah, pretty. You know, it's it's rare that we have a film that we're all feeling pretty uh, negative on, but uh, eh, mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah. Th- this is uh, gonna take us uh, to. Oh my gosh! I say that, and then oh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, two oh, toms, hi, Indiana, uh, brewing. They are uh, giving two us toms. here their Caribbean cream. Caribbean it is cream. Caribbean cream. Labeled uh, or or described as a tropical milkshake style IPA. A uh, little more detail that I found on the interwebs. It is a tropical New England IPA in the milkshake style with passion fruit, mango, and pink guava puree. So. We're sticking, not as thick, right? It pours a little thick, but not as thick as our uh, Pulpagogo, yeah? No, this looks like uh, a milkshake IPA when I hold it up to the light. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken a whiff yet. I asked you before we were recording, what makes it tropical? Mm-hmm. And we had a fun... Oh, was... Pineapple? You what? just witnessed Is such it... a prime example of Joe turning on his radio voice. Oh, did I? <laughs> what makes it tropical? What makes it <laughs> Folks, what makes a tropical IPA? And I guessed guava... And we don't know the difference between pink guava and guava. Guava's a good guess. But it was, say it again, guava, uh, pink guava, passion fruit, and mango. Ah, they put the puree in there, a little lactose, you got yourself a milkshake IPA. That's pretty mm-hmm. tropical, I'll say. Um, I'm going to take a whiff and see if it takes me to, you know, I'm the definitely Bahamas. getting the fruit. I'm probably mango more than anything on the nose. I'm going to concur. But uh, yeah, Never pretty poor. Looks nice and thick. I'm looking forward hmm. to uh, Ooh, to sipping on this as we talk about. It's going to well, take really, two or three sips to get that thick boy out of a. That's right. <laughs> I, I probably should have had some water in between. Yeah. Um, but w- as we talked about in the first half of the episode, <laughs> I just realized what I said. It's going to take a couple of sips to get that thick boy out of my mouth. Continue, David. <laughs> <laughs> the episode title, episode title. <laughs> get, get that thick boy out of my mouth yeah um so we're gonna <laughs> i don't know how to segue out of that uh or into anything but uh w- what we're looking at is another film in sofia coppola's filmography in fact 
Her first feature film. That's right. David with the radio voice, too. I got to get that mine in. Radio? Okay. In fact. In fact. David did radio. <laughs> I know. Back for a college. Time, yeah. Yeah. And, and even commercial radio oh, for, for a short you time. You and me both, yeah. my brother. Uh, WMGX, 93.1, WMGX. I don't want to say um, my call letters. It's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, well, anyhow, th- this is KSAB? the Virgin Suicides. Okay, so... Virgin Suicides uh, arrives in the late, was it 99, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, Sofia Coppola, untested filmmaking talent. Outside of her name. work in Godfather 3. There you go. Well, th- that was a bad test. <laughs> um, th- one that she failed. I thought that Oof. was the best of the trilogy. Oh. <laughs> don't, they, don't the movies get better the more they make? This isn't Friday the 13th make? rules. Yeah. Or yeah. is that just Fast and Furious? <laughs> whatever you think of her uh, (laughs) legacy before that um this film really turned her name into something that people were aware of apart from art house art house level success across the board right um and what you had was an adaptation of a novel that had been fairly successful in its own right about a group of young sisters uh who teenage sisters who mysteriously commit suicide it's in the title right right uh and and told from the perspective of the boys who kind of lusted after them and and pined for them and you know sort of retrospectively thinking what what went wrong why did these girls we never solved that mystery right right of why they did it that's right and so uh the book and the film kind of just give us this snapshot this look at this Situation set in the 70s uh, where, you know, these sisters are um, on a path to their death when it seems like there's not anything really pushing them that way. It's just kind of happening. Well, you did leave out the idea of the obsessive religious parents. I mean, there is an upbringing. There's a story of Mm -hmm. some of maybe maybe a hint. Yeah. Now, that's up for interpretation, of course, but mm-hmm. I mean, I can only tell you from my point of view, my upbringing, mm-hmm. that piece of the movie makes this one, I mean, especially special for me. I think I, if I didn't even tip my hat completely at the beginning of the episode, I mean, I love The Virgin Suicides. This is a top 15 movie, maybe, in my whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tone, wow. the tone of the film, the, the coming of age, period, mm-hmm. but that the boys... And their obsessive study of this family mm-hmm. and, the, and the hints that they see from the street. But what we get to see inside the house is the audience. I mean, the tone of this film is just exceptional. I mean, it's, I love this movie very much. No, no, that's not to say that y'all can't hate it. Like, you know, I, don't, I want to open the door for you guys right, to, right. like, you know, completely get into a fight with me. So I, I didn't hate the film. <laughs> um, but, you know, honestly, at the time, this is an interesting one in in the sense that when I saw it initially back in the 90s, mm-hmm. back in the late 90s, um, I was not as impressed by it oh, yeah. as, as a lot of people seem to be mm-hmm. and as friends of mine were. I loved the soundtrack. I mean, I had, I was I was definitely impressed with the band Air before this film. They're... they're album moon safari had come out and i knew they were doing the score for this film and so i was excited about that aspect and that delivered um i i love the 70s so i I was excited for kind of a period piece about it but something felt just empty about it There, there was something missing for me initially now 
I've the, seen it. The first time I saw it, I also did not feel wow. any particular way yeah, about that'll it. That'll blow my mind. Now, I saw it after that a few years later, and it definitely had changed for me. And now watching it again, it, that, that has... The, the, the second viewing experience has stuck with me more in that... Um, I guess I started to perceive that emptiness a little differently, right? Because I think, as you were talking about, Joe, and, and as I tried to explain in, in the brief synopsis, that, you know, this is a film, yes, about the virgin suicides, about these Lisbon sisters, okay? The, these are primary characters in the film. But it's really more about the boys. It's really more about how they perceive these characters and what they represent to them and the fact that they aren't, actual real people they are the remembrances yeah. they, they are what the imagination of these mm-hmm. boys have mm-hmm. done for these characters which is why it feels empty and mm. it's appropriate that it feels empty do you because have some of that flesh it out sorry about it go ahead do you go have ahead. some of that from high school maybe not about the girls across the street in the mysterious house but like these myths that have become larger than with your high school buddies I, the stories that have become exaggerated beyond anything that they could possibly be because me and my high school friends do a little bit of that and we had mysteries about that old man across the street that always would come out in his bathrobe and was he wearing underwear and yeah and now we've named him yeah and created the backstory of why the underwear went missing i mean like you know Mm -hmm. I can see and feel and totally get that part of this movie. People mm-hmm. way in the future thinking back about this unsolved mystery right. in high school. And then when we go back to high school, or when that part of the film, the majority of the film is presented, there's just this magical glow through the whole thing that we're looking at a memory. Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- I mean... I, and she captures it so well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, what she's tapping into, what Eugenides, I guess, the, who wrote the novel was tapping into, mm-hmm. is this kind of rose-tinted nostalgia and how it colors all these memories. But how does that impact, like, such a... I mean, this should be a, a horrifying tragedy of a memory, right? The idea that five young women die right in your town like this should be like a trauma that you're you're revisiting but it isn't it's like a romantic fantasy that they're i think time would do that to the right group of guys because the horror of it fades Mm -hmm. the the shock of the news Mm -hmm. and the news coverage fades Mm -hmm. and then you're left with the whatever happened over on you know, Maple Road. Yeah. I So I said the first time I saw this movie, I didn't feel any particular way about it. In fact, I didn't remember almost anything about it to the point of I am a massive fan of the show Criminal Minds. Love the show. And A.J. Cook, one of the sisters, is in that show. Oh, really? A oh, very okay. like huh. prominent role, huge, fantastic character arc, probably one of the best, like, character arcs of any character in the show. Well, that's um, interesting. She, you know, she, See, I was she, watching this and I'm thinking, wow, none of them other than Kirsten Dunst actually went on to have a career after, but she did. AJ okay, Cook did, yeah, she plays Mary. Um, yeah, she has she has one of the best arcs insofar as like her character grows and changes more than most characters in that show. Most of those characters are like monolithic, like that's who they are, and they stay that way. Um, and so I immediately recognize her... Um, Watching it again, which made me that really made me realize how little this did for me the first time I saw that it. Because if I didn't even recognize yeah. her at all, and 
I thought the casting was kind of weird. Um, cause like there are older sisters that look a lot younger than Kirsten Dunst does. Mm. Um, but you know, her care, I mean, this movie isn't bad, but it's largely just fawning at, over Kristen Dunst. Like, hmm. there's just Ugh. a lot of it is just like, look at her and look at her in this like cutscene where she's blah blah blah, and like uh, Josh Hartnett is ridiculous. Like the costume is <laughs> so fucking bad. No, uh, it's so good. He's t- Magic oh, Man as he slow walks terrible. down the hall. It's such a great little thing. And you know. Hmm. I like the kids though. I like I like the boys across the Why street. Why is like, your heart three sizes too small? <laughs> I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. I like the, I like those boys, and I, I mean, it has a very Sandlot esque kind of vibe to it in that way of like you know these the narrator Giovanni Ribisi or whatever, mm-hmm. obviously being an older version of right. one of these boys, like looking back on their youth and their neighborhood and the people that inhabited mm-hmm. it and the things that happened. And whereas Sandlot is obviously much more lighthearted and like, Oh, I remember that time we had to get the ball back from that big dog. Right. You know, they presented in that film as a somewhat traumatic experience, but not obviously to this degree. You right. Know? Um, but the boys are scared and stuff. And, uh, and so, you know, this again and maybe this is just like a theme and you know also i haven't seen lost in translation in a very long time and that's the film of hers that i remember liking the most and so maybe i need to go back and revisit it because maybe i don't like it because i don't (laughs) because i don't know that i really like sofia coppola at this point after rewatching so i this movie again just like on the rocks no falls no. into me ridiculous falls into a film exploring a subject that has mm. such a clear answer to it that I don't need to see no 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 you're wrong about that mm. you're I wrong about that disagree two adults that have gotten into a relationship and have children together and the, have gone through careers together as we see in on the rocks yeah. you are absolutely right that's two adults that need to have an adult conversation yeah the meat of this film, and there's a lot of it, the the idea of the infected trees throughout the neighborhood and the mm. infection of kind of like... The that, fall that of mid like the automotive 70s, industry. Yeah, that mm. mid-70s American malaise, uh, rather late 70s, I suppose, American malaise, fixed by Reagan. Um, it was a joke. <coughs> the weird joke, sorry. Um I got a Reagan. But the religion, the the, the religious parent, the defeated husband Mm -hmm. living with the... Which James Wood should just go back to being that defeated cuck and just like fall into a corner Oh, he was, but, but Carlos, he did such a good job. No, he's job good in it. He's good in it. Trying the to performances connect in this movie with are even a lot the better. students with like the, the, the horrible plane, yeah. airplane yeah, and the yeah. students are just, he didn't even realize he's the butt of the joke. And it's the same joke that he's the butt of in the neighborhood probably with the dominating crazy religious mom. You and, know, and, and, you keep saying now. I know that there was. I just I don't feel like the oh, religion okay. was just, as big of an element as you're making it out. To well, be. it's not. In fact, it's, it's not the religion. I remember it's, that it's, being the one of the things that that screwed me up about the film when I initially saw it. Where I'm like, because I remember mm, going into get, it hearing, it. oh, it's about these domineering, and like she's gonna be like. Go to your room and pray that the you know right. do the, none of that. None of well, that. Happens. Right. They, not, they don't show us that. They don't show but us that. But it's very explicitly implied mm-hmm. that a lot of her you know authoritarian approach to parenting is due to religion. And the I, philosophy I can, I can, of no, the... I think it's I think it's there subtly. I'm not saying that it's totally no, absent. <laughs> 
But I'm just I just see it. It I see it in a way that you may not. Yeah, no, I'm smarter. I, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm, well, I, I'm, I mean, having grown up Catholic. No, I, yeah, we could. This I is think, the conversation. I think I have a very different perspective yeah. on religion than you do, as more of an evangelical. Well, not evangelical, it's but just, Baptist, just Southern, Southern Baptist, Prost- yeah, Protestant, right? yeah. Okay, yeah. So I fall like kind of in between. I guess I, the two of you on this, I think that you're, you're, you're all Bay Area. <laughs> no, I, I grew up Catholic. Um, I mean, in terms of like the film and its representation of the mm-hmm. mother, I think that she is a religious zealot, domineering mm-hmm. mom. But I don't think the film shows us that in a very explicit, over yeah. the top, ham fisted kind of way of like jamming it down our throats. Yeah, that, that would have been less effective. That. It would have been. But I think that she is that. I think that she probably did tell her kids to go upstairs and pray and hope that like God forgives Lux for losing her virginity in a football field or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, she makes her burn inside of the house, which what a fucking health hazard, you dumb bitch. Like she opens the door and there's all these, anyway, anyway, I remember again, I remember seeing the movie the first time and thinking that was going to be how they died. That, oh. that was her burning the records yeah. that ended up killing the family. Oh, okay. the it, but it's, yeah, just, but it's misguided authoritarianism. But I mean, so the reason scene. the reason that I say that it falls into movies about a topic that do not need to be explored is because it is fairly obvious to us at this point that the harder you discipline your kids in this like ridiculous way of absolutely giving them zero freedom to become whole people on their own, the more stifled that they're going to feel and the more powerless they're going to feel and the more desperate that they're going to become. Like, and I, the and more I, prone I, to rebellion of the very thing you're trying to keep he, them from doing. And, and I will say that this movie is better than on the rocks because it did get me thinking. Cause I was thinking about this and like, you know, obviously at the end of the movie, it's fucking disgusting, but the adults are making jokes about them and like yeah. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like the guy in the pool and he's getting out, he's like, I'm gonna have a kid. I, I'm a kid. I have so many problems, blah, blah, blah. And I thought about that a lot because like there are times in my life now as an adult man where I do feel powerless and I do feel desperate and I do feel trapped and like things like that. But the difference is that I'm an adult and I have the power to do something about my situation. These kids do not like Mm. they have no means of supporting themselves. They have nowhere to go. All they know is this like family that they've been born into. They have no outside experience. That's the one. And so like, if at a certain point you feel like nothing you do is right, everything you do is evil. You're not allowed to leave your house. You're not allowed to be a, an actual person other than just like being told what to do by your crazy religious mother, it makes sense that they do the, what they do. And so the fact that this movie is kind of like exploring this is like a, why would these girls do that? What the fuck are you talking but, about? But why would these girls but that's, do that? Okay. But th- that's where it felt empty to me at one point is that if it's, if it's a film that I'm watching and I'm thinking, Oh, I need to understand this mystery. It's not much of a mystery. It's not it's overbearing parents and their impact on these girls. The mystery is what has this become in the minds of these guys and that these these guys who were spending their formative years pining after these girls. But they're adults now and they still haven't figured it out. Like, what the fuck? Like, it, Yeah, no. that No, but they didn't get to see as much as we got to see. Right. They but, were picking up they, snippets and, and, and But they knew everything they needed clues. to know. They knew that the mom was crazy overprotective and that she literally locked them in their house. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the key elements to figuring out the puzzle if you as an adult cannot figure that out 
Like right. you have your own development. I don't know. I think I don't know. There's a, there's a, and so and so to me, like I like this movie. Well, but the, okay, again, the but, music but here. Is, on the other hand, there are fight. plenty of kids with overbearing parents. Correct. Even to this day, they don't do a five do sister suicide pact. And do a, yeah, and do a suicide pact. So I agree. This is a pretty extreme reaction to the circumstances they were living under. It, it. I mean, it is an extreme reaction, and obviously not everybody does this, but like. That goes with anybody that commits suicide. Like, there are a lot of people that, like, commit suicide because they're in a certain situation or they feel a certain way, they're desperate, they're this, they're that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people that feel the exact same way as they do and don't do that thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because you can say, like, oh, why did, you know, this friend of mine from high school in college do this thing and you can point to these reasons why they did it, that's not to say that, like, what they did is this, that, or the other because other people have experienced similar things and not done that. Mm. Like, people just react to things differently. And so, like, the fact that they, that these girls chose to go about it in this particular way, it's not a mystery why they did it. And so I don't think that the fact that other people have experienced similar things and gone about it a different way invalidates, like, the fact that we know why they did it. And so that the movie kind of loses something to if if right, but it's but it brings a mystery to it. I mean, it, I understand you're saying it, it, it's not a mystery, and I and I get that, and I'm and I'm not going to say that it comes out of nowhere what they do, but the fact that they did it is certainly notable because, like you say, I mean, suicide on an individual basis is still fairly rare, right? I mean, it, yeah. it happens far too frequently, but it's still rare to have. Five people, I mean, really four, four but, yeah. you know, one precursor, enter into a pact where they're going to do it very systematically and think about it. And it's not just like their chemical, their, their brain chemistry for that moment has pushed. No, it's like they've thought it out. They've decided this is what we're doing. That's pretty rare. I mean, I, I don't know. I agree. So to me, it creates a situation. I mean, it's like. Um, but it's because the it's mo- akin to when we have, you know. Uh, a celebrity die at a young age. I'm thinking like, you know, the 27 Club or something like yeah. these figures, you know, like your Hendrixes and your Joplins and your Cobains. And these figures get put on the, by us in general as as society, put them on this pedestal and think like, oh, what would have become and why did they do this? Even though we know, we know why Kurt Cobain, he was upset about being a pop star. He didn't understand what it was going to do to his life. It totally fucked him up. He was already depressed. And then it led him into a spiral that, you know, like we get it. And yet it's still this thing that just tears mm-hmm. at you. And you're like, well, why? Couldn't he have made like three more records before he went? And, like, <laughs> yeah. then something, I don't know. So to they're me, canoni- the fact they're that canonized guys, because they're gone before. Yeah, their and the time. fact that these guys, these yeah. young guys, would be canonizing of these girls who yeah. they'd grown up with makes perfect sense to me. Like, it does to me. You too. would never get over that. It does if to you, me. Too. If you were living across the street from these sisters yeah. who did this thing, yeah. I mean, I agree. You I would I never. Do, I do agree. Well, especially if you had buddies that. that you like talked with and reminisced about. Yeah, look, to me, as the one I think is closest to the source material when it comes to the what I took to be hyper-religious folks, the answer is never suicide, guys. And you should share this with friends that are, that are in this yeah. circumstance. The answer is a, a developing divorce. a split personality where you please your parents, but then you also have your separate life where you go do your own thing and then you divorce yourself from your parents later in life. But that's exhausting. Believe me, the more you know. Well, you know, Lux just should have come come home that night. 
Mm. Is what I mean, down. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that, I mean, I mean first Chuck of all, that, Fontaine was not the guy to, to, to. No, and also that decision is insane. Yeah, um, and I get it. She's like uh, very young. Actually, yeah. what, what, which decision uh, was insane? To knowing to what she knows about field, her parents yeah. and the deal that they've made to stay out. To oh, I think that you play time. those averages of the five daughters. One of them was going to do that, and she was the one that did. Sure, fair, I, fair. I suppose. I I didn't grow up with any siblings that were remotely close to my age, so. But I also I understand that, that oppression. But we'll talk about that after hours. I, Y'all can ask me questions. You can quiz me about why this movie hits so close to home. I just think that. <laughs> I just think the fact that it's like present. The fact that it's presented as like, we'll never know yeah, why they no. did this or whatever. It almost takes away from the actual mm. like meat of the film for me. Because mm. again, like mm. just like in On the Rocks, it's like such an easily answered Carlos, you question. don't like one of my favorite movies, but that's okay. Because you know that I'm not a huge uh, no. fan of Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Hobbs, I, and Shaw is <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw is better than this movie. Uh, <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw is better than Citizen Kane. Uh, come, I'll come back to that one. Uh, and... I don't not like this movie. I actually I did enjoy watching it. Like I had a decent time watching it. I thought it was I thought it was much more entertaining watching it now than I did when I first saw it. What like mm-hmm. I don't know seven or eight years ago. Um, but all that being said, it's like it's a movie that I will watch if somebody wants to or if it's on or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not one that I'm necessarily like super eager to go back to i mean the kid with his hair slicked back is a sociopath like what's going on with that guy he looks insane uh and no, then every I was, other I enjoyed ki- the snapshot of these characters and then every other kid looks like some strange like variation of joseph gordon levitt so they should have just had <laughs> joseph gordon levitt you know what you're right that's the truth <laughs> there is there i is saw that there. and there's also those little stylistic touches from like how well she got the how girls draw on their notebooks and the the see through peek at how she wrote Trip's name on her underwear. I hated that part. Oh, I that love part made it. absolutely the unicorn. No there's a sense. unicorn because teenage girls love unicorns. I, was, I, I think I, that, I think they, that she gets a lot right in this movie, mm. and I think that it is a a very compelling and. Like strong debut from a pretty. What did young you hate about the underwear scene? Pretty young. I just thought it came invasive out of, or no. It just came out of nowhere, style wise. Like, uh, and it was. It's I don't just, know. It's I, just a wink. It, it just it it stuck out like a sore thumb in the rest of the movie in a That's way that I didn't care for. Yeah, uh, some I, of us I, like I, our underwear. <laughs> and so I, and so I think like I think it is a very strong directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, totally. I agree. But that. I think that and you know I've seen this movie. I've seen The Beguiled, which I do not remember, and I've seen On the Rocks. And it's been a very long time since I've seen Lost in Translation, so I'll need to revisit that. But I'm really just starting to think that when it comes to subject matter, I don't care about what Sofia Coppola is saying mm-hmm. or what. Can I prescribe so, something or, to you? Hold on, or or her perspective on any of these things. I think that. Hmm. That's bad. In large part, it that could comes, be. It comes off to me as being kind of vapid mm. and like surface level when it comes to diving into these things. And I think the reason that I have a problem with that is because it does feel to me like she's trying to dig deeper into these things and is just unsuccessful at it. Uh, I find, this one's a success. I, I'm going to prescribe um, Marie Antoinette. Oh, I take that back. I have seen that you movie. You have seen I that. like that movie a lot. Yeah, I figure you would. Yeah. That's the one I'd prescribe Actually, to Actually, I oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I watched that movie 
because of so high a, on mushrooms. A, I wish actually mm. a former film professor who shall not be named, uh, who is a total and utter twat. Uh, I was in my I was I was I was in my editing class and we were talking about like the use of music and like specifically like non score things like like popular Pop, music or yeah, whatever yeah. and. I don't, I can't remember if it was like specifically about the lesson or if like somebody had just brought it up as like a topic or whatever. Someone mentioned like the great Gatsby and Baz Luhrmann's great Gatsby. Mm. And so I immediately, even though I haven't seen the film, I have a very strong opinion about it. Uh, chimed in and said, fuck that movie. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that movie is such fucking horseshit. Baz Luhrmann is such a twat and such a wow. terrible director. Uh, what? I, I really do believe this about Baz Luhrmann though. He's fucking awful. Right. Um, but that film is, 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 is especially egregious to me because it's the great Gatsby, which is a film that the 1920s is a character in that story. Sure. And, it's all jay-z it's all beyonce it's all this modern hip-hop music which i understand what he's trying to do it's like excess and like you know modernized whatever and so hip-hop is all about excess it's all about riches it's all about flashiness and that kind of thing so i understand it but to take a film where as i or take a story where as i said that the period in which it's set is such a crucial component of Mm -hmm. it and a character in and of itself within the narrative and not use music from that period go fuck yourself you know and i find it so offensive and so this film professor was like have you seen marie antoinette and i was like no no i i haven't uh i i remember seeing something about it but i had kirsten dunce in it and i'm not a huge fan of her so i just ignored it and he was like oh it's a sofia coppola movie and i was like oh i didn't know that and then he was like yeah it actually does what you're saying is terrible to what I think to be pretty great effect. Mm-hmm. And so whenever somebody that A, I don't like, and B, says something that I disagree with just inherently, <laughs> uh, tells me the opposite <laughs> of what I believe, I immediately am going to go investigate <laughs> so that I can argue with that person sure. about it. And I went and watched it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to see if he's right or he's wrong. Yeah. And if he's wrong, I'm going to tell him go fuck himself. And so I went and watched this movie, and I was like, "Fuck, this is a good movie." He's right. This is a good movie. It does use modern music. Now it it's a little bit different because the Cartoon. time the era is not one that had popular music per se. It, that we it didn't have recognize. recorded music, right, so right, right. You know, there is a very stark contrast between that and The Great Gatsby. That being said, I do like Marie Antoinette a lot. I think it does do that thing Ooh. very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I, I hope I didn't tee us up. It with my dislike for uh, for on the rocks for for this diatribe. Yeah, I don't know where you land on this movie. You didn't like it, but then you liked it more. It, and I like it. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I didn't like it, and then I rewatched it, and I liked it. Did you not it, like now it? Rewatching the first time? it again, or did you just were I, indifferent? Yeah, I d- no, I didn't like it. Okay. I mean, I I came out I was of it the first time cold and just feeling like, yeah. I, what, what was I watching? Why do I didn't care about any of these people? Blah blah blah. Uh, maybe some of the boys, but that but they weren't even the major characters. Yeah. Then rewatching it and readjusting my perspective, it yeah, that makes sense, and now it makes sense, and I love it, and I think it's a wonderfully made film. I think that Sofia Coppola is a filmmaker who has something to say. Um, that you basement know, party is dark. Huh? That basement party is dark. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene is very dark. Yeah, and I yeah. and I like I can. It's troubling s- on so many levels, and I can see it. I can see how it was made. I can see exactly that the 
parents are trying to be cool, yeah. but they had to put their horrible spin and the dresses that they make the girls wear, and then yeah. the boys show up in their ties, and it's just so horribly, yeah, horribly the boys showing awkward. up in full suits. Yeah. The boys have, are used to going to house parties, but this is the weirdest house party I've, we've ever right, been to. Right, yeah. No, there, there's, and I mean, I love so the exchange of songs over the phone. I think that's that the part I liked. Moment, a lot. You know, that was cute. The, the burning of the records, the the way that popular music gets used in the film. I mean, I, I think there's just so much going on that I like. It it was a real pleasure to watch again. Um, and and I, you know, just to sort of offer a counterpoint. I mean. Pretty much everything else in her filmography, I'm a fan of. I Bling mean, ring. but after before I had even reversed my opinion on Virgin Suicides, I enjoyed Lost in Translation. Yeah, yeah. I certainly uh, w- was a fan of the Marie Antoinette. Somewhere with Stephen yeah. Dorff, I thought was a really good film, mm-hmm. a muted film, but a really good film and one that sort of looks at you know celebrity and stardom mm-hmm. and, and its impacts and in ways that i thought were good bling ring i thought was excellent daniel lopatin on the soundtrack I, i'll note that was i think the first time i saw his music getting used okay um see i didn't get to see that one yeah that's worth checking out and, I, I would much prefer emma roberts versus emma watson in that role but <laughs> we can't but, have what we want all right the time. and and i thought a very merry christmas was fun i, I have not him. seen the beguiled I will certainly track it down at some point here and, and give it a watch um, because On the Rocks and its misstep does not make me feel like Sofia Coppola no. is any less no. interesting of a director no. than I thought she was before. I and agree. I'm excited to see what she comes up with in the future All because right. I don't think this is a uh, I don't think this is a trajectory she's going to stay on. Actually, I might have rated the beguiled on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at the archives, I did. I rated. Well, I rated it four stars when I saw. Well, it. look at you. See, all right. So that was in 2017, though, and I don't yeah. remember anything about it. Hmm. Well, 2017 or the movie? No, hmm. I. I well, both kind of. Caribbean cream. Caribbean cream. What, what do we think? I am not as impressed with this beer as I was hoping I would be. Uh, a lot of a lot of great buzzwords there the tropical the mm-hmm. guava the mango the, did the nose it, the nose was get you good. excited it did it, it did, did me too but it is not as juicy as i was thinking it's it would flat. be it's got a pronounced bitterness to it like a pithy bitterness along with a hot bitterness that is just kind of there the whole time from first first taste to the lingering aftertaste it's not a bad beer but for tropical milkshake ipa that i was really kind of excited to crack open and, mm-hmm. and and was you know looking forward to this this one has not impressed me the beer's not special is it no, it, there's fact, nothing it's, special it's about one this. that you put so much into for yeah. such bad uh, return return that yeah. yeah it feels like a real waste i i'm so glad when someone else leads with the ugly because it makes me feel better about d- piling on. I'd rather pile on than, uh, you know, peel the scab. Mm. This beer wasn't special. And uh, it wasn't a waste of my time. But I can't imagine going back there again. And this is the biggest, like, I think, slap in the face of the beer. <laughs> is that sometimes we'll say, you know what? This one didn't do it for me. But I can sense that something's there. And I'm going to check out this brewery again in the future. I feel this is a fail. Yeah. Mm. Carlos? Carlos, come on. Get in a fight with me. <laughs> uh, I didn't feel like it was a fail, but I also didn't feel like it necessarily lived up to what it was saying that it was going to do. So, you know, what can you do? 
at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, it was fine. Um, but it wasn't great. It's 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 not one that I'm gonna, you know, in a month when someone says, "Oh, you know, I really like to try a milkshake IPA," I'm gonna be like, "Oh, milkshake IPA, this Caribbean cream that Caribbean I had a month ago." Cream. Ooh. Caribbean cream. Caribbean cream. Caribbean cream. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not gonna be one that I'm gonna be like. You gotta if you can track down two toms and get this beer, man. It's gonna change your life. You know, that's that's strawberry froyo. You know, that's like <laughs> if somebody brought a milkshake IPA, I'd be like, man, if you're going to try a milkshake IPA, you need to try this one. This one's crazy. You know, <laughs> this one, I just feel like if someone was like, man, I just found this uh, at a bottle shop in Austin. And I picked up this Caribbean cream. I'd be like, Caribbean cream. Caribbean cream. I'd be like, well, depending on how much you paid for it, that's probably a good buy. Sure. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it, I mean, it's fine. Especially if it's like, you know, maybe super fresh, it'd be really good. But it, it neither dazzles nor makes me sick yeah it's somewhere in between just like yeah. um mm. just like on the rocks i'll forget about it pretty quickly i'm looking forward to the after hours just so we can crack another beer and see if uh, i can wash the terrible taste of failure out of my mouth <laughs> i don't th- i see, i don't think this was a failure i just mm. thought it was fine it was all right any closing thoughts damon I, I said my piece uh, on, the, on the beer. I mean... I, it, we don't want to kick it while it's down. Right. I, and I'd be very happy to try something else from Two Toms, but th- this one just didn't do it for me. David, if you buy the Two Toms, I'll go ahead and have a <laughs> If David's buying, I'm drinking. Um, well... This has been a roller coaster of an episode, I think, more so than I maybe had anticipated uh, going into it. But, you know, as always... We want to hear what you have to say. Have you had White Elm Brewing Company before? Have you had Two Toms Caribbean Cream? Caribbean cream. Am I doing that right? Caribbean Cream. There we go. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about Sofia Coppola? Did you see On the Rocks? Are you doing the Apple TV Plus thing? Like, I don't. I feel like a lot of people aren't doing it. I did it for Mandalorian, and I just kind of let it charge me. Apple six TV bucks. Plus. That's where I get the Mandalorian. No, Disney, Disney Plus, Plus is where you get the Mandalorian. Disney you, Plus. you can go ahead and cut Apple TV if that's why you were keeping it. No, I got Apple TV so we could watch Beastie Boys movie. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes that, sense. And I've, that, and I've spent $6 ever since. Yeah, that was why I got it. I did it as a trial intending to cancel it, and then I realized I never canceled There's it. There's a couple yeah. shows on there that people have told me I uh, We're going to get into that now. All right. People, all right. After people hours? listening to this, after, after hours, after we're talking hours? about okay. Apple TV Plus okay. TV shows. All right, I'm ready. I'm Fucking ready. buckle your seatbelts, baby, because we're going in. Because I could have... I could have saved six, seven bucks a month for five, six, seven months. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> was that so pre-COVID, Beastie Boys? No, 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 no. that was, was that mid. Was okay. Highly mid, yeah. yeah. Probably the height of the Noasis first kind of... Uh, what, uh, uh, do y'all have landmarks in COVID? My, my daughter went back to school. Let was it before the... or after my daughter went back to school? <laughs> well, I, uh, mind, I don't want to get no, us off track. No, no mine, mine has to do with the two... Uh, the openings at the store. The two periods of being closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My kind of benchmarks for it. Um, anyway, what do you think about Sofia Coppola? Are you doing Apple TV Plus? Did you see On the Rocks? Uh, what did you think about Virgin Suicides? If you're listening to this podcast, you have probably seen that movie, I'm going to assume. You probably love it. Um, and you, uh, Is it true Joe, she was named it? Sophia just so that they could nickname her Soko? Because... Coppola liked Southern Comfort. Southern so much. Comfort. I, I I have heard that allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Don't don't sue us, Sophia. Uh, let us know what you think. You know where to find us. All your favorite social media channels: Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX, Beer and Movie Podcast. You can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely for free. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. We know you're going to give us five star rating, but please go ahead and do that extra step. Leave a written review. 
let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. Uh, those ratings really go a long way to put us in the, you know, higher in the pecking order when you search beer podcast, movie podcast, right. whatever. Uh, helps out a lot. Also, patreon.com slash beer in a movie podcast. Is there a podcast? I think there's podcast at the end of it. Anyway, um, uh, that's where you can find uh, bonus episodes every single week, only $5 a month. You can donate less if you'd like, but you won't get those bonus episodes, but you will You will feel like you've done something good for the world. Uh, you can donate more, too, if you're really balling like that. Uh, but you will get a bonus episode every week absolutely for free mostly they're on time. Sometimes they come a little late. I'm very sorry about that. Um, and we're going to get into some shit in the after hours episode today. So, uh, if you're interested in our thoughts on Apple TV, Apple TV, uh, that's, uh, where, that's where you can find it. Um, all that being said until next time, in the end, we had pieces of the puzzle, but no matter how we put them together, gaps remained. Caribbean queen Caribbean queen Now we share